Hey everybody, welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Since I'm uploading this episode on Easter Sunday, I decided to take a break from How to Get Here series and just throw out some thoughts on Easter. I'm actually recording this on the Tuesday before Easter, but I'll be uploading it on Easter Sunday. And some of you guys listen to my episodes like right after the upload, which is just kind of heartwarming. I'm a little surprised there's people waiting for me, but there are. And hi and welcome and thanks for being so excited about this podcast. So some of you will listen to this on Easter Sunday. Some of you will listen to it Monday after Easter, and some of you will listen to it whenever you listen to it. But I just want to throw out some thoughts about Easter, about the resurrection, about the death of Jesus, about this whole Holy Week, as the Christian calendar calls it. So last Sunday, we celebrated Palm Sunday at my church. And my church is like, I have never seen anyone celebrate Palm Sunday like my church. They are really, really into Easter. And they're really into drama. Like they have this whole drama production every year, well, multiple times throughout the year. They are really into the arts, and there are some very passionate people that love plays and drama. And so every Easter, there's this huge, huge, massive, like three-hour, basically Broadway production that ties in some kind of a Christian history story with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's intense. But Palm Sunday, being the Sunday before Easter, everyone's already practicing for this Easter drama, and so they have this massive Palm Sunday celebration which is intense. There are palm branches, like real ones that everyone gets. There are biblical crowds. I'm talking like crowds of people with children and adults. And there's a donkey and Jesus shows up and walks around and blesses people. I mean, it's crazy and I love it. It is really intense. So every year, every year that the crowds come running in and they scream, Hosanna, Hosanna, and they're waving palm branches, and we're all waving palm branches, and there's some really epic worship songs. And then Jesus comes in, and he walks around, followed by his disciples. And I know it's not Jesus. Like, I'm not dumb, guys. But every year, watching this pretend Jesus walk around and smile and bless people and put his hands out and fist bump and everything, I just, I lose it. (laughs) Every year, I just... I weep and I'm smiling and I'm just like, I just feel my heart just burst with love for Jesus. And even though this is just a picture of him, gosh, I'm going to be such a basket case when I finally meet Jesus face to face because I am overwhelmed by the love that I feel for him. And I don't always, I don't always feel that intense, passionate, emotional love, but seeing like a picture of him walking around doing his Jesus thing, like I am just a mess. And I want to talk a bit about that Jesus as we just consider this Easter season of life, as we have this opportunity to just remember this God who loved us enough to become one of us, to become a human and live with us on this planet of ours for 33 years before choosing to die for the sins of the world. This is the story that makes Christianity so crazy that sets apart our 
religion from any other religion in the world. What kind of a God loves his creation enough to be one of us, to come and live with us, and then to take upon himself the punishment for everyone so that everyone can have life and freedom? It's insane. It doesn't make any sense. And yet that's the beauty of the Bible. It's the beauty of the truth. So I just want to ponder that for a little while. I want to just throw some thoughts out there for you guys. Um, and just and just think about this. So I don't know if you're Marvel fans or not, but my husband is a huge Marvel fan. And so therefore I am a Marvel fan by default. And we just finished watching WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. At the very end, um, hopefully I'm not spoiling this for you if you haven't gotten there yet, but at the very end, there's this character, Agnes, and there's this, like, it was, it was Agnes, it was Agatha all along, so she's really Agatha, so it was Agatha all along, and you're like, oh my gosh, and you, like, see the whole thing backwards in your mind, you're like, it was always her, oh my word, kind of a thing, and I feel like it's that way with Jesus, like, as we look back through scripture, <laughs> It's like, it was Jesus all along. Oh my gosh, that's who it was. It was him all along. It's always been about Jesus. And it will always be about Jesus. He's like the climax of the story. He's the beginning. He's the end. It's not an accident when he calls himself the Alpha and the Omega. He, it's all about him. He's it. That's it. You think about in the beginning, scripture tells us in in John and again in the epistles, that Jesus was the one that spoke the world into existence. If you've listened to my podcast, then you know that I am pretty convinced that it was Jesus walking around in the garden because he had these feet that made noise when he walked and the people recognized him. Adam and Eve knew exactly the sound of his footsteps. If that's true, then it was Jesus who killed the animals to provide them with their clothing. And that's ironic to me, knowing that he knows he's going to be the lamb that one day dies for the sins of the world. Jesus shows up throughout the Old Testament as the angel of the Lord. Theologians are pretty convinced that that is this pre-incarnate Jesus who's coming and talking to people. And then he finally comes as a baby. And he comes in such a crazy way. We do not expect God to be who Jesus is. He blows everyone's minds to the point where the religious leaders, the ones who supposedly knew the Bible the best, the Old Testament scriptures the best, missed him because he is not what we expect. Somehow we expect this God to be full of anger and wrath and vengeance and that all he cares about is people doing the right thing and punishing people who sin. And and Jesus was like none of that. Jesus came in obscurity. He was born to nobodies. He was laid in a manger because there wasn't any room for him in a, in a house. And he lived like that his whole life. He was willing to just be a nobody. And finally, when he was 30, so he lives 30 years as a nobody, God living among the people. And finally, when he's 30 years old, he gets three and a half years where he's kind of well-known, but mostly hated, where he's followed and rejected, where he doesn't seek for power or for money or for fame. Like we've talked about false leaders seeking for. He seeks for none of that. He's willing to be misunderstood and judged and condemned. He's willing to be rejected. He hangs out with the the humble people. He himself is humble. He's a servant. He comes to, to speak truth and to speak life 
and to heal. And yet that's not his sum total of his ministry. He's not about trying to be awesome and get people to follow him. He's looking for the broken and the lost and welcoming the sinner. He's nothing like we expect him to be. I feel like so often I hear over and over again about how people just struggle to reconcile God and Jesus. And I don't think that's the problem of scripture. I think it's the problem of people. I feel like we have just misread or mistaught scripture to a point where God just seems like this angry, vengeful, wrathful being who's so holy that he can't be approached. And yet, if we look at the Bible as a whole, God is constantly approaching people and he's constantly trying to reach out to them and he's constantly full of grace and mercy. I've said before that when I've talked to these religious Jews who don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, they still see Jehovah as being a God of patience and grace and love and mercy. And somehow we Christians are the ones who have screwed it up. Even though we believe Jesus is the Messiah, that he's God, we somehow can't reconcile the God of the Old Testament with Jesus. And that's not, that's not cool. That's not right. It's not accurate in the way that we've understood scripture. And so I think we just really need to understand that, that the Jesus who came in this just gentle way is the same God. Can he be both? Yes, he can be. It's that truth and tension again. And it's beautiful and it's crazy. And it's okay to just sit here and wonder about it and be like, what in the world? Who are you? It's okay. It's a mystery. It's beautiful. When I think about Jesus living here with us for 33 and a half years, and only three and a half of those being any time that he came out and said, hey, I'm God, <laughs> and listen to me, let me teach you truth, it just blows my mind. His humility, his grace, his lack of a need to be known, he's just not like us, and he's not like we expect him to be. When I think about the death of Jesus Christ, it's devastating to me, the fact that he would choose this kind of a death. I mean, he could have come at any time and died for the sins of the world, but he chose to come at a time when crucifixion was being used. And it was just such a brutal way to die. And that violence has really caused a lot of people to struggle, especially in the progressive circles. There are some people who are like very against the violent death of Jesus. And I've even heard it called cosmic child abuse, which is baloney. Because it's not like Jesus is just the Son of God. Like, he is God. Yes, he's called the Son of God. But he's also just as much God as God the Father is. And so it's not like God was forcing him to die. Jesus chose to die. This was always the plan. And I don't get that. But I'm also okay with not getting that. Because I realize that I'm the created one. I'm just the creature. And and he's God. But somehow this was always the plan. And you can see glimpses of it throughout scripture. From the very beginning, like I said, when the animals were killed so that Adam and Eve could have coverings, God knew this was always the plan. He said, if you eat of this tree, you will die. And we talked a few weeks ago about death being separation, this is separation from God, from each other, from ourselves. And yes, there was separation that came. And yet at the same time, Jesus knew I'm going to die to bring oneness to bring life, to bring healing and restoration. And so when we look at this Easter season, it's not like this wimpy Jesus just had to die because the mean and angry God made him. Jesus was just as powerful as God. He was God. He laid aside his power, but he could have used it at any moment. 
Yet he chose to lay it aside. He chose to allow himself to suffer agony. And he chose to allow himself to be killed so that he could take the punishment for sins. I don't get how that works. I don't understand how one perfect person can pay for the sins of the world. But I mean, I'm not God and God is and God says it works. So awesome. I'm going to be excited about that. It's devastating to me to think, to think of Jesus being willing to do that for us. The love that I feel for him is like nothing compared to the love he feels for us. He was willing to do whatever it took to get us back. Because he loves us. Because he wants that relationship with us. He desires oneness with us. He wants to see us be whole. To flourish. And that's the crazy part of Christianity. That God would sacrifice himself. That's what happened. God came down and God sacrificed himself. There's no cosmic child abuse. There's just someone jumping on the grenade so that no one else has to die. There's someone jumping in front of the car and pushing us out of the way. There's a hero here. It's sacrifice. It's love. It's compassion. And so when I think about this, and I think about the crazy love that God has for us, I'm just overwhelmed. And you can hear the tears in my voice, and I don't care, because that's how it is. Like, this is how I feel. I'm passionate about this. And the tears are flowing, and that's okay. Jesus chose this path. It was always the path, and he knew it from the beginning, and he willingly took it, and he sacrificed himself for us. But the beautiful part about Easter Sunday is that he doesn't stay dead. (laughs) He dies, and he resurrects. What in the world? He comes back bigger and better and more powerful than ever before, and he offers life to the world. I don't get it. I don't get it, but I'm wildly excited about it, and I'm going to accept it, and I'm going to live it, and I'm going to delight in the fact that I have access to God again, not because of my own works, not because of my own perfection, but because Jesus Christ said, you are worth it. You can't do it, but I can, and I'm going to do it for you, and I'm going to give you this gift. If you'll take it. And that is an offer that he makes to every single person in the whole world. We all are offered life. The Bible says that nature itself screams at us about its creator. There are so many opportunities that God throws into everyone's life to say, Hey, I'm here. Come look for me. And there's not a magic formula that we have to find. Like, he will reveal himself. And if we're seeking, we will find him. Enough. People are always like, well, what about people in the, you know, in the tribes that never get a chance? Like, don't, God is revealing himself to them too. I've heard so many crazy stories. Like, everyone has an opportunity and he will reveal enough. He'll reveal enough so they can find him. It's not like he's trying to hide from us. We are the ones that are enemies of God. We are the ones hiding from him. We are the ones misrepresenting him. We are the ones misunderstanding him. We're the ones saying that he's not good, that he's not loving, that he's not real. God is not difficult to find. He is right there when we look and we seek. He's there. And he's revealed himself through scripture. He's revealed himself through nature. 
And he comes and he reveals himself to us, supernaturally. He's right there, ready to be found. Guys, sin must be punished. But Jesus took the punishment and has given us a free gift that all we have to do is accept. And this is part of the orthodox historical Christianity that I will never reject. You're going to hear me question a lot. You're going to hear me wonder about traditions and religion and moralism and progressivism and all this other stuff. But I hold fast to these historical truths of the faith that Jesus Christ, God himself, came and died and rose again so that we could have life. That is the core of my faith, and that will always be the core of my faith. And I love sharing that with you, and you probably can tell by my voice. So guys, happy Easter. He is risen. And because of that, we have a chance. Because of that, we can live. Because of that, we have hope and life and forgiveness and everything else. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.